0: This is a Socialist News and Views special
1: interview.
0: I'm Nick Schilling Ford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this special interview. So on Socialist News and Views, we let folks introduce themselves. You want to just tell our listeners who you are?
1: Sure. My name is Rami Khalil. Um, I am a substitute teacher, and I'm active in my union, the Seattle Education Association. I'm also on the local leadership body for Seattle Democratic Socialists of America, and I'm a member of the Reform and Revolution Caucus within DSA.
0: Fantastic. Now, Reform and Revolution, which calls itself a Marxist Caucus and DSA, which, as you mentioned, is Democratic Socialists of America, has had a bunch of good meetings, uh, discussions, and uh, events over the past uh, years. And I've attended a number of those myself. Um, right. Can you just talk a little bit about Reform and Revolution, how that relates to the DSA as a whole, and then um, you know how it's similar or different to other caucuses that you know that operate within the broader DSA organization?
1: Sure. So yeah, reform and revolution is just one of a number of caucuses within Democratic Socialists of America. Um, We are active members of of DSA. We're we believe in building Democratic Socialists of America because it's the third largest socialist organization in U.S. history. It's the largest socialist organization now in the country. It has eighty six thousand members. It has about one hundred and eighty people elected to political office, including four members in Congress, um, and we're really, DSA chapters are active in the labor movement and all sorts of social movements, And but Reform Revolution, we want to um, convince DSA to move in a more um, fighting direction, like to be more um, out and proud socialists that are helping build mass movements and that are openly working to convince people of democratic socialist ideas and to be like a campaigning organization out in the community and in workplaces and college camps is not just focused on internal squabbling or issues, but really going out and and building mass movements in society. Um, we also would like to see democratic socialist America move towards becoming an out and out democratic socialist party, like not just a lobbying group on the democratic party, but a a independent party from the Democratic Party, because we think both the Republicans and the Democrats are funded and controlled by billionaires and corporations. Um, so we also have international links to some other socialist organizations around the world. Like there's a member of this group we're affiliated with in Ireland called Rise, and they he this guy Paul Murphy is a member of the Irish Parliament there. And we also have a magazine called Reform and Revolution, which people should subscribe to. It's really beautiful and has a lot of great ideas. And we open up our magazine to like different viewpoints to have debates within within the left. Yeah. Now,
0: you know, one of the most recent mentions of DSA and specifically, as you mentioned, the elected members in Congress uh, that folks will probably recall was the situation with the railroad workers, the railroaders at the end of last year. And I believe according to uh, your uh, the Reform Revolution publication, three out of four DSA members in Congress voted to make it illegal for railroad workers to strike. Um, you know, in full disclosure, you and I have a history. We're both members of Socialist Alternative. I'm no longer a member, but I did see that Socialist Alternative's Shana Sawant called the vote, quote, a betrayal of the entire working class, end quote. You know, what's your response to that statement? And do you think there's, you know, you know you've mentioned, do you think there's uh, hope of moving the Democratic Socialists of America and elected leaders um, you know, towards playing a positive role in the future, you know, actually supporting these types of large scale working class actions uh, that will be needed? Or, you know, how do you see that coming about?
1: Yeah, I do think I do think Democratic Socialist America is worth building. Um, I mean, if, if anyone could show me a bigger socialist organization in the United States, I would be open to going and joining that one and helping build that one. But as of now, it is the by far and away massively. It's the biggest socialist organization in the country. And it it represents the rise of a new generation of young people and working class folks that have been attracted to socialist ideas, particularly since Bernie Sanders ran for president twice. And he called himself a democratic socialist. People just typed on the Internet they looked up Democratic Socialists and they found DSA, and all these people flooded in and, and joined. And it's it's a new it's a it, the organization's been transformed, and and there's it's a new basically a brand new organization. And it's it's uh, it does have problems, um, and and there's still people learning about the most effective ways to build the socialist movement. And I think it it was a terrible uh, crisis when three of uh, the four DSA members of Congress actually voted to ban railroad workers from going on strike these are railroad workers who who don't get a single day of paid sick leave and they were demanding just to have seven days of paid sick leave like most other workers get and they're completely worked to the bone the railroad carriers uh work them so hard and ridiculous schedules they don't get any sick leave and it's really uh hard work and also unsafe like there's trains that just derail at times, like recently the one in Ohio, that was a major um, right. safety issue. So I think it was a terrible problem that the DSA members in Congress voted to ban those railroad workers who had voted, a majority of them had voted to strike. Um, and I think that uh, that's why I want to build the Marxist wing of DSA. That's why Reform and Revolution is working with other Marxists to build a a greater degree of class consciousness within DSA to understand that when we get people elected, it's not just that they're there just to like bargain with the the Democrats, Republicans to pass legislation. Like if we can get this or that good legislation passed, great. But right now, the socialist movement is an opposition movement against what's going on. And we need our representatives in office to speak out about the growing levels of inequality, about the climate crisis, about um you know, the problems in our society. And when railroad workers or other workers go on strike, our, we need our elected officials to stand in solidarity with them and support them and not not uh, vote for bans to prevent them from striking.
0: You know, and you touched on this. I mean, it's not like, you know, this uh, forcing railroad workers, you know, back to work essentially, or potentially, you know, stopping them from going on strike. It has real world consequences. As you mentioned, we saw Uh, As you talked about in East uh, Palestine, Ohio, uh, this train derailed spilling chemicals everywhere. I was just seeing a lady on the news the other night saying that, you know, she had left and everything in her house smelled like chemicals. Her work laptop smelled so bad, like she didn't even know what to do with it. She had she like washed all her clothes when she got to the hotel. And she's like, even if they say we can go back, I don't know if I would go back.
1: You know, oh, I heard her say that. I heard that same interview.
0: And it's, yeah, and it's, and it's also spilled, it sounds like it's spilled chemicals into the Ohio river, which, you know, they're saying, you know, I don't know that it's somehow they're going to sort it out. I don't know how that could possibly work, but, uh, you know, these are pretty bad chemicals. So this stuff has real world, um, consequences and, you know, kind of just a follow-up to, to what you were saying. So, and I don't know if, you know, you might not have an answer to this, but how do you see that developing? Do you think it's something where the Marxist win can win over, um, elements within, DSA and create that kind of party that you're talking about? Or do you think that it's more likely that there will be some kind of uh, split, at least with the members of Congress uh, of of DSA, potentially, if they don't uh, move in the direction that's necessary? I know there's been calls about expelling some of those members. Do you have a perspective on how that might develop or what you're seeing so far inside the DSA?
1: yeah that's a good question i i think dsa is in kind of a slow motion crisis right now like it's it's kind of a drift and um dsa is doing a lot of good work like dsa helped out with a number of ballot initiatives recently that defended abortion rights even in like kind of conservative states like montana and kentucky they dsa chapters helped win those states over to defend reproductive rights and and dsa is doing all sorts of good stuff around the country but i i do think like a majority of DSA isn't exactly sure about the best way to build the socialist movement and is too much just kind of trailing along with the democratic party and Joe Biden and, and kind of just sort of critical of the democratic party establishment and the Republicans, but not really standing out as a, as an independent opposition enough. And, um, I think some people are dropping out and and giving up on DSA, but I, I think that's a premature decision. Um, and I think there's still, hope for DSA. And I think people that want to improve DSA should stay in DSA and help improve it. Um, at the last National Convention, the Marxist uh, resolutions that were brought forward kept getting about a third of the votes, like like it was about 12 or 1300 delegates that met together. And there was all these votes on different issues. And on a number of different votes, you could see that the more um, Marxist oriented wing, the more radical wing, the, the wing more oriented towards building mass campaigns and class struggle movements. Um, we were kept getting about a third of the vote. So I I expect something similar at this upcoming next convention of DSA in in August in Chicago. Um, but I think we can make headway because because people are are really worried. like it, it wasn't only that DSA members in Congress voted to ban a railroad strike. There was also a DSA member that voted for to fund the Israeli military. Uh, right. Jamal Bowman. And that also provoked a huge amount of questioning and uproar. And so, yeah, there have been these calls to, to expel the members of Congress, which which I think is an understandable uh, kind of idea. Um, what what we in Reform and Revolution have advocated is that we should um, issue public statements, censuring or reprimanding our members in Congress. Um. in addition, we should invite them to come to a town hall meeting to meet with the members of DSA where we can like grill them on these terrible votes they're taking and use it to like educate DSA members about how we can hold our elected officials accountable. I mean, the the truth is that the socialist movement, wherever it's gotten people elected, it always the socialists in office always come under pressure from the media, from the political establishment to start compromising. And we need we need to educate the DSA membership that we need to hold our members accountable, and like I think having a, a town hall where we invite the Congress members and we get to interact with them and, and tell them that we that they're violating our democratically agreed policies, I think would be good. Um, and if the Congress people don't show up, then that really helps the DSA members see whose side they're on, and it it helps DSA members grapple with what kind of candidates we should be running. We should be running candidates that know from the get go that when they get into office, they're on the side of the working class and the oppressed and they're there to stand up and fight and not go along with the political establishment. So I think it's a live debate. And I think there is definitely space to convince people about the direction that we need to go. in. we may not get a majority this year, but I do think we should keep building. And, and so like finally, I'll, I'll just mention that um, reform revolution is actively uh, working with the Marxist unity group and other caucuses to bring forth a resolution at the next national convention where we want to we want to censure our members in congress for the, for those votes and uh it's a shame really that our national leadership didn't already do that they should have right. done them so we're going to do it at the convention after trying to have a town hall meeting and and issuing a reprimand of the DSA members if the DSA members in congress don't apologize then i think they should be expelled but i i think that just there's some people just say we'll just expel them overnight and i actually think it's kind of a missed opportunity it's like what does expelling them exactly achieve it just means it just means that we lose our members in congress and we haven't really educated that many people like i would like to use these crises to educate this new young socialist movement in how to hold elected officials accountable and like 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 we've been a lot of people in dsa demand that people in congress should meet with the leadership of dsa Or city council DSA members should meet with the leadership of the local chapter of DSA. I think that's good. If we can get the DSA organization to kind of control the elected officials instead of the other way around, that's the way it should be. And there's people that aren't clear on that. So I feel like we we need to raise the consciousness in DSA about how to do that
0: and one you know one more quick follow up off of that you said you mentioned your national leadership and you mentioned some of the proposals and resolutions getting about a third of the vote uh marxist resolutions and proposals so what does the leadership structure look like at this point as far as like the makeup and what groups are represented
1: within that you know can you just touch on that a little bit uh, sure yeah leadership? there's there the convention meets every 2 years and that's that's uh, so there's like over 200 and 30 chapters of DSA around the country and they elect delegates every two years to a national convention. And then the national convention is the highest decision-making body. And so we deliberate on a number of issues, discuss what's going on in the world and the country and decide what to do. And then the last thing we do is we elect the leadership, the, the national political committee to carry out the mandates of the convention and to steer the organization until the next convention. And it's a body of 17 people Um, there's actually two from the YDSA, the young democratic social America that each get a half vote. So it's a total of 17. Um, and I would say right now, or for, for the last year and a half, the, the right wing has had a majority. Um, the right wing of DSA has controlled the national political committee. So that's caucuses like socialist majority caucus and the green new deal slate. And also the, the national director, Maria Svart, she controls the staff, and she's pretty much aligned with them. And those those are the people that kind of want to keep us uh, as like an opposition to the Democratic Party, but not really moving very soon towards an independent party. And right. um, I think that Bread and Roses has done a good job um, being in opposition to them. Um, and um, there's also some people from the Emerge Caucus and also Jen Bo have done a have been a sort of an opposition to the to the to the caucuses that make up the majority of the national political committee. But some people just resigned and it's in flux. And that's 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 what I'm saying. Like like one thing I love about DSA is, is quite a democratic organization. Like if people join and get involved, we can help transform it into a more fighting organization. Like it's people can run, you know, people resign from the NPC. Like it's not a it's not set in stone and it it's something that we can influence if we get involved and build it.
0: And I, you know, I've been talking regularly on this podcast uh, lately, especially about the far right, fascist elements that, you know, seem to have significant growth uh, and recruitment, not just in the U.S., but around the globe, unfortunately. Um, And it seems like right now, especially in the United States, you know, the anti-capitalist left and socialist forces at least appear, you know, relatively weak and somewhat disorganized. Do, Do you agree with that assessment? And, you know, what do you see as concrete steps you would outline to, to new activists, you know, who may or may not be involved in an organization or maybe in a union or whatever, they, they can what can they do to rebuild a strong opposition to capitalism, help defeat right wing ideology in the United States? Uh, you know, you know, what kind of uh recommendations do you give to new folks getting involved in uh movements where they are?
1: Yeah, it's it's disturbing the the rise of these fascist forces, the rise of it Donald is. Trump. Um, And a number of similar um, right wing populist uh, movements and parties around the world, um, especially in Europe, but also Bolsonaro and in Brazil and other places. Right. Um, So, yeah. And I I think you're right that the socialist movement is not as well organized. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends how you how you think of it. Like if you count the labor movement as as like a counterweight, the labor movement is much bigger than the fascist movement and, uh, the labor movement, like for in this country is what 10% of the population, which represents, I think, um, 14 million workers and their family. If you count their families, that's like 40 million people or something. I I forget the figures, um, socialist movement. We have DSA has 86,000 members. And then there's a few other small socialist parties, um, that may have a thousand members each or 2000 members max. um, so I think I think it is disturbing, but I also would say that, like, there's a lot of potential. Like, I think that the the billionaires and corporations that control the media, they feel less threatened by Trump and the the fascist type movements than they do by the socialist movement. And like, for example, when Trump and Bernie were running for office, the media gave Trump way more airtime than Bernie. Right. And um I I remember
0: I remember some specifics where they were covering that they they showed they were covering Trump's empty podium where he was supposed to come out, even though Bernie Sanders was actually giving a speech at that time. And instead, they weren't covering him. They were waiting on Trump's empty podium. So that's just an example of the the way that
1: they did that. Exactly. And so I think we have to make a distinction between people's ordinary working class people, their interests. Um, Like I think that a lot of ordinary people are supportive of what socialists are fighting for. Like, like, like when Bernie ran, he made a number of things, helped make a number of issues very popular, like Medicare for all, raising the minimum wage, legalizing cannabis, you know, a number of things like that. Um, And, and if if, a union, union
0: participation.
1: Yeah. That that was a huge,
0: actually, I think that might've been the biggest one is I saw, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of activists that like, you know, after they saw Bernie Sanders and they maybe were kind of disappointed with how things turned out there, their first thought was, you know, well he's talking a lot about unions. I need to find out about unions. And that was one of the first steps that I saw people uh, taking or talking about. So that was good.
1: That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that, That, but that makes sense. Yeah. So like, I, I think that like a lot of ordinary people are receptive to socialist ideas. We just don't have a big media outlet or a big socialist party that's promoting our ideas. So I, Whereas like like the, the kind of more right wing and fascist people, they get more airtime on the corporate media than we do. So I think that shows that there's potential like I, polls show that the American people agree with a lot of like socialist ideas by like 60, 70 percent, raising the minimum wage, even Medicare for all. A majority of Republicans support it. Abortion. There was all these ballot initiatives on this on state ballots. Right. And then it's got a majority to protect abortion rights. So so. I do think although the socialist movement isn't that well organized or that strong I think there's tremendous potential and I think that I think there's tremendous crises going on all around us the climate mm-hmm. crisis inequality inflation you you name it um and if if we can build a strong fighting socialist movement putting these these solutions forward and linking them to socialism and convincing people that the problem is the billionaires the problem is this this corporate run capitalist system and that we need to unite all working class people across racial and gender lines against the corporate elite, um, and explain how, if we took over the corporations and shared out the wealth, we could actually restructure society to benefit everyone. Um, and I think that's, most people are pretty open to that, but we need people that will argue for that, who will run for office and, you know, volunteer for our campaigns and, um, the danger is if we don't build a a strong fighting left, right? Yeah. Then we are going to see Trump make headway and other people like him around the world. Like we're seeing, um, like, I don't think Biden is a very attractive alternative to to Trump. We may the next presidential election, maybe Trump versus Biden all over again. and, And it's just really unmotivating. But if we had, um, you know, a stronger socialist party backing up someone like Bernie Sanders, that would be better. The problem with with when Bernie ran, always the Democratic Party would y- unite against him and sabotage right. his campaign. And that that hurts the socialist movement, which is why we need to start building our own independent party.
0: So it sounds like, you know, build, key, key elements, you know, building up strong, you know, fighting unions, you know, if you're in the union, you know, building up a party that can take on the corporate, you know, corporate backed establishment as it exists, you know, I think I I you mentioned it slightly I think we really need uh, more media like uh left wing media you mentioned you know reform and revolution yeah. has their own magazine but I think you know a lot of more like you know daily even media because the capitalist class and you know the right wing especially is just pumping out stuff like constantly so yeah, yeah I agree on that you know I really I really appreciate you speaking with me you know is there anything else that you want to share or highlight or other campaigns or uh uh,
1: uh, projects or groups that you want to talk about before you go? Um, I I guess I'll just say like if you haven't already, I I like there isn't yet a mass socialist party in this country, but there is DSA, and I would urge people to join DSA if you haven't already, and then get active in your chapter. It's a great way to get like active politically. There's a, there's a lot of chapters doing a lot of great stuff in the labor movement and the women's rights movement, um, immigrant rights, um, you, na- you name it. And so that's one thing. And then if you like what I'm saying about um, building a more fighting wing of, of DSA, a Marxist wing, a more revolutionary wing, um, then, then check out reformrevolution.org. Um, and you can subscribe to our magazine. And and let's do this. Like, like I, I think there is a clear there's clear solutions to these problems. Um, democratic socialism really would solve the world's problems, but it won't happen by itself. Like we do have to actively organize and fight for it. And um, I appreciate you, Nick, doing this, this podcast. I think more people doing, taking the initiative, to do things like that are, are really valuable. So yeah, that's about all I wanted to say. Thank you for inviting yeah,
0: yeah, me. I re- really appreciate the chance to chat and thanks so much, Rami.
1: Thank you, man take it easy.
0: And that's our special. As always, you can find links to topics covered in today's discussion, as well as links to additional discussions in the show notes. Solidarity.
1: This has been a Socialist News and Views special
0: interview.